Hey everyone, welcome to Locked on Lakers for Tuesday. Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky, a new lineup for the Lakers and a new win against Oklahoma City Monday night. A big one for the Lakers. We'll talk about it next. You are Locked on Lakers. Your daily Los Angeles Lakers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks to everybody for making Locked On Lakers first listen of every day, Monday through Friday, no matter how or where you get your podcasts. This one's always free and never behind a paywall. Locked On Lakers on YouTube. So we can go hang out with over 22,000 subscribers uh, who are all feeling at least a little better about the Lakers, at least for one day, following the 112 to 105 win over the Oklahoma City Thunder Monday night at the Crypt, a badly needed. Uh, win for the Lakers, a uh, win that featured a new starting lineup, which we will certainly spend a lot of time on in this episode. want to let everybody know that today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. Um, this one was, Andy, I thought one of the better games the Lakers have played all year long, uh, including what is now a decent pile of wins against good teams. This is as good as the Lakers have looked pretty much all year. Yeah, I thought from start to finish, the Lakers played a really, really good game and looked like a good team in the process of playing a really good game, which is important to point out during this you know, rough couple months for the Lakers where they have not always looked like a good team Regardless of the results, there have been but wins. Even when even when they're winning, even when they've they managed to stay in games or whatever. Yeah, I totally understand what you're saying. Yeah. This was a game where I thought that they looked like a good team, which by the way, does not mean that they were flawless in this game because there were not. You know, there were issues, issues that we've seen before with this team. Oklahoma City had 13 offensive rebounds which they turned into 21 second-chance points. The Lakers turned the ball over 17 times. The Thunder turned that into 27 points, and those are recurring issues for the Lakers all season. But in terms of, A, the defense that they made up for otherwise, this was a game where they held OKC to under 42% from the field, under 31% from behind the arc, and under 12 free throws. Like that is about as good a job as you can do defending without fouling against an elite team, which doesn't necessarily mean, again, you're going to do everything perfect defensively. But as far as like a base foundation of defense against a really, really explosive opponent and making Shea Gilgis Alexander work while keeping him under control. I thought the Lakers did a fantastic job tonight. Yeah, I agree with you. And, you know, it's 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 not just like, you know, did they force Oklahoma City into a bad three-point shooting night? I mean, they were 15 of 49. That's a lot of freaking three-pointers, by the way. Um, you know, is that all the Lakers doing? No. Um, you know, Oklahoma City missed open three-pointers that they often make. They made a few contested ones that they might normally miss or something like that or whatever, but... The, the the biggest thing to me is the contrast between 
better, at least three point defense and then the, than the free throw rate, because as much as the three point thing this is something we can talk about over the course of the week, like the wisdom of their approach to the three point line versus the overall effectiveness of their defense, because there is kind of like a psychological impact of teams hitting two or three threes in a row, especially if they're open. Um, they, but that's supposed to be balanced. You can do some of those things if you don't turn the ball over, but also if you keep them off the line. If you say, okay, you're going to hit three or four or five maybe extra threes or have those opportunities, but you're not going to get six or seven or eight free throws that you otherwise would, then those things that then you can have defense with some integrity. The problem with the Lakers is that free throw rate thing has really been uh, you know an issue in, in different games over the and so the consistency in the defense hasn't been there and i thought you know when they defend without fouling and then they forced a lot of turnovers guys active in the uh defensive passing lanes you talked about what they did against shea i thought the lakers had a really smart defensive game plan particularly given the new starting lineup which isn't really tilted toward defense they went zone you know pretty you know frequently throughout the game through zones of oklahoma city they you know kind of blitzed and trapped uh sga at different points just thought they had a i thought they had a good game plan and they ex- seemed like they executed it pretty well at the same time yeah and the new starting lineup for those unaware it was d'angelo russell austin reeves torian prince lebron james anthony davis the starting lineup that we saw at the beginning of the year there was this this was amazing there had been a report from you know Dave McMenamin, Jovan Buha, like everybody covering the pregame scrum, that Darwin had decided to go with the lineup from last year of D'Lo, Reeves, Vanderbilt, LeBron, AD, which a lot of both fans and even media had been calling for, wondering why Darwin has been seemingly not even seemingly I, no, I've watched obviously the reluctant to do yeah I, there's no seemingly actually very very reluctant not just to start forget the idea of starting them like playing them together I, I think they've played less than like 15 possessions this season together yes so there had been like this you know Lakers basketball Twitter hallelujah when this news came out, and then it turned out uh, Dave McMenamin followed up later with Darvin, and Darvin had misunderstood, I guess, the way this had been asked, uh, or I, I don't know, we weren't there. Just the point being, he, he didn't get, he didn't understand, he, he didn't hear it right, didn't interpret right. it, whatever so it was. He, he meant he was going back to, I guess, the I don't know, the lineup that he had thought he would go with had LeBron been available the last game or whatever, but the point being, Darvin went with this new lineup and said before the game and after the game that he expects this to be the lineup moving forward. He he talked about that these are the five guys he thinks have been the most consistent this season. Now, you know, I'm sure we'll talk about this more because we're going to get into this new both lineup and the rotation. We've heard Darvin say before that this is going to be the starting lineup for the foreseeable future and it hasn't always stayed that way, though. It hasn't always been Darvin's right. I mean, entirely this is within his control. It, it, the, the change in the lineup to me indicates a couple of things. First of all, um, as Darvin said, the explanation for why you go this direction is, uh, you know, it's pretty 
obvious, you know, it's it's because they want to get as much skill and ball handling around LeBron and AD as possible um, to try to make the offense run better, to try to you know maximize what LeBron and AD can do to, to give more opportunities to those guys. You know, an extra, you know, you have three guys on the floor who can handle the ball, LeBron, AD, and and Reeves. It makes it so teams can't attack Reeves you know, with, with double teams and, you know, high floor pressure and all that stuff quite as easily, everything can work better. Um, so, I mean, that, that is the, the explanation there. The other thing it tells me is that Cam Reddish is probably going to miss some games. Like he, uh, was unavailable for Monday's game and the Lakers said he's, you know, could miss a few, a few could be a few. Like well, if they, he, there's a plan apparently in place for, you know, the, these nagging injuries that he's had, he's had groin, he's had knee, he's had all, He's had all sorts of stuff, and the last few games, Cam has you know been questionable leading up to it, played, then had to leave the game. And the idea that there is a plan, to me, implies the idea of a process that could take a while. But they're, they're looking to make it so when Cam Reddish finally is available to play games, he can actually finish them. Um, right, exactly. I mean, and, and that makes sense. It's like it is it it's more disruptive really to have a guy who you expect to play and then can only play seven minutes. Um, and you have to shuffle things around from there than it is to have just the guy out of the lineup. And so, you know, for the foreseeable future, the Lakers, this is their lineup, knock on wood. They they are as healthy um as they are going to be, you know, two guys out. Um, one we really haven't seen all year, and then Reddish, whose playing time had started to come down anyway. Um, let's let's break down a little bit more of what what you expect to see from this. A lot of fans, of course, wanting to see Vanderbilt in that starting lineup instead of Torian Prince. Prince uh, remains there, much uh, much to the chagrin of many Lakers fans. Um, I might defend Darwin a little bit on this one. We'll come back and and break it down next. Locked on Lakers is brought to you by BetterHelp, and we are in a new year coming off the holiday season. That can be a very, very stressful time for a lot of people, whether because of having to spend at times uh, a lot of time around family you don't always get along with. There can be tensions that come with that. These holiday seasons can be very expensive, so there's an economic toll to it. Just the act of gift giving can be stressful, and therapy can be a very bright spot amid all the anxiety, the uncertainty, the idea of just there's a new year. I want to be the best version of myself. How do I go about doing that? I can personally speak to how much therapy helped me during a really difficult period in my life with me and my family. And just talking with a professional made a huge difference. BetterHelp has connected over 3 million people with licensed therapists. It's convenient, accessible anywhere, 100% online, no waiting rooms, no traffic, and it's affordable. So just Fill out a brief questionnaire to match with a therapist, and if things aren't clicking, you can easily switch to a new therapist anytime. So if you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can help you get there. Visit BetterHelp.com slash on today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash on. Locked on Lakers also brought to you by FanDuel. NFL regular season is over, Andy. We had a really fun weekend of playoff football um, that Rams Detroit game was awesome. Uh, really, one of the only good ones in a, in, a, in a weekend full of blowouts. Well, you can continue uh, 
to get in on the action of the NFL playoffs with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is super easy to use, and there's so many different ways to bet. You got your live same game parlays. You can find bets in the new Explore tab. You can make uh, a parlay in the Parlay Hub, the best way to find the most popular parlays. There are lots of other ways to do it. Um, so visit fanduel.com slash locked on and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. All right. So, Andy, I, I um, as a, you know, a, a flag bearing member of D'Lo Island, um, have basically thought that he, on a team like this one, he is just kind of too good, even with his flaws, even with the stuff that that will frustrate even people like me, who is a pretty good player, um, needed to be playing more minutes and probably need to be back in the starting lineup. Um, he was he started over the weekend, but that could have been attributed to the LeBron thing. Um, yeah. But Monday he started because that was like on purpose. Like <laughs> everybody was available. Um, I, I think this lineup makes sense. I am okay with Torian Prince continuing to get starters minutes. I I I feel like at least a healthy proportion of the Torian vitriol that's out there in Lakers Twitter is mostly directed at Darvin because they see Torian as an kind of an avatar for everything they hate about Darvin Ham. I agree with Laker fans who say Torian should not be playing 31, 32 minutes a night. He should be playing around 25. I think that is, the, in a perfect world, the sweet spot for mm -hmm. Torian Brintz. Um, That being said, though, I also think Torian has, for the most part this season, played fine. He is neither the solution to all the Lakers' problems, nor the source of all of their problems. But again, because he has a relationship, a long-standing one, with Darvin Ham, he is seen as, I guess, Darvin's teacher's pet, and they don't like it. It's funny to me because, like, we get back more to the lineup, too. It's like the I, I saw a few comments just looking at like Darvin thinks that he's just way better than everybody else does. I actually don't think that's true. I think Darvin knows exactly who Torian Prince is and what kind of player he is. Where I think the the, the disagreement seems to be is. He thinks that that skill set and the and the stuff he does is fits really well. And I, I think he sees him kind of as a bridge player between all the different types of lineups that they have. And by the way, the one consistent didn't show it on Monday, the one consistent three-point threat that they can put out on the floor at all times. Um, who is, you know, at least a Credible defender when he's defending the right kind of player when he's not assigned to the other team's best player all the time, which is what was happening at the beginning of the year. Um, he does fine because um, it should be noted Jared Vanderbilt wasn't available and Cam Reddish had not yet really established any type of defensive utility, mm -hmm. like really figuring out the things that for a while he was doing very well. And 
I think also too, if you want to, if you want to get into some of the griping that I think a lot of Laker fans have when it comes to Prince and Ham specifically, they they feel like Max Christie could do a better job in these minutes than Torian Prince could, or is a more suitable point of attack defender than Torian Prince. And look, this was a night where Christie only played, I believe, eleven minutes. It's very clear that Darvin Ham does not really trust Christie. Like that's become yeah. pretty obvious. And I, I look, I, it's it, you start to get into situations where it's hard for everybody to play the minutes. So you want like Prince should. I mean, I, I, maybe people are going to flip out over this kind of Prince should be playing at least you know twenty five minutes a night. Like the idea that he's a 17 or 18 minute player on this team, I think is ridiculous. Um, so if you're going to have him and you want, like the Lakers played a lot of big lineups tonight. They, they were pretty big. They were pretty physical, which by the way, is what they ought to be doing against Oklahoma City. If you're going to play your starters, generally starters minutes, LeBron and AD were both on the floor, um, you know, for a lot. Of, and LeBron played 39 minutes in this game. AD played over 38. Um, like if those guys are going to be on the floor as much as they are, well, you know, it, there is a natural limitation to the amount that Wood can play, the amount that Hachimura can play, um, the amount that Vanderbilt can play. Like, the, the, you know, that's those other guys are kind of cycling through those positions. And, you know, I just, I, I the, the, the Prince makes sense to me in, 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 in this context. And I, I just, again, I just don't think Darwin misunderstands who Prince is. I just think he fills a role on this team that, you know, like I said, maybe like you said, maybe it's they want that role to be filled by Christie instead because of the potential, um, uh, because of the good things that he's done. Um, but I just I see I don't think Christie has made it obvious he needs to be playing 25 minutes a night. I think Vanderbilt is probably a 20 minute a night player. I think you start to get into diminishing returns when Vanderbilt plays more than that. Um, I he would, played outstanding. I'll just say this, the way Vanderbilt, I mean, I, I definitely want to get back to the Russell and Reeves conversation we were having before, but the way Vando has been playing the last, I don't know, five, six, seven games, where I think he is increasingly looking more like the guy that was frankly a revelation when he came over last midseason in that mm -hmm. big trade, I would risk giving Vanderbilt, you know, a few more minutes each game and start seeing proof of the diminishing returns as opposed to just assuming that they're going to be there. As well, opposed I mean, to I, even, even last year with the Lakers, um, you know, I think he, he, I mean, he averaged, okay, 24. So, I mean, you, yeah, you know, could I, you get I, him, you know, play more minutes in this, but I, I can live with, you know, you know, these are not exact figures, but like, the I point being though, I think there is a certain amount of assumption of diminishing returns with, Vanderbilt, you know, I've mm -hmm. heard me talk about this before with Rui. Like, I think if you want to get to something that I do think is fair when it comes to Laker fans and certain criticism mm -hmm. that they may have of Darvin, when it comes to just the way playing time is allotted, and maybe this swings back to Torian, I think there may be an assumption that there won't be diminishing returns with somebody like Prince that may not feel as earned with extra minutes as opposed to assuming the diminished returns of Rui, of right. Vando, maybe the of Christie to but, some but, degree. But it's not just about that. It's also, they don't do the same things. You know, even Hachimura doesn't do the same stuff as, as 
Victorian. You know, if you if you want somebody who is a more of a large body three four with them closer no, to the I, I don't mean I don't mean it though I'm not arguing but I'm not but that's not but that's also not I'm not arguing with you specifically I'm saying that the point I'm making is that yes I think Jared Vanderbilt is somewhere in that 20 minute a night to get the maximum amount from him um but it's also last year versus this year it's a different roster with a different balance to it you also have Christian Wood and all that and it you know there's a there are more people vying for some of those minutes um, and fewer when you get to three, two, and one. And so I just, I am less frustrated by the Torian Prince part of all of these things because I have my own criticisms of Darwin, but I don't think Darwin has this wild blind spot for Torian Prince and thinks he's just a better and more beautiful player than he is. I think he thinks the role that Prince plays. Now you could re maybe reorganize the the rotation, reorganize the lineups, have certain guys play in other positions and other and, you know stuff like that. That may be a different argument. But I just the way this team is constructed, it is constructed for a guy like Torian Prince to because that's who they got to play those kinds of minutes and. Um, I, it's just, I it's don't agree with that. Neither, neither one of us expected Tori and Prince to be playing 30 minutes a night when he arrived. That nowhere close to that. We didn't even think he'd start when he arrived. Like I just don't agree with that. Yeah. It's not true. But I, you know, as the as the, I also think a lot of things have been different about the way this team performs than I expected in the preseason. And in the in the the sort of season long evolution of the team, again, you knock it down to 25. I don't care. But I, you know, I think a lot of people want it to be knocked down. You know, think you know, on twenty or eighteen. So it's well, it's that's fine. It's I'm the set. only reasonable one here. So perfect. <laughs> Everyone, listen to me. Uh, let's talk about that that starting backcourt and uh, what the Lakers might be able to do to make it work going forward. Next, Locked On Lakers is brought to you by Jace Medical, and we all use sports to escape from the realities um, of our everyday lives and. Unfortunately, real life never goes away for good. And according to the FDA, pharmacies are running out of antibiotics like amoxicillin right in the middle of the worst flu season in over a decade. And we've seen over the last few years what happens when the supply chain gets bogged down for whatever reason, whatever product, it's really stressful. Thankfully, Jace Medical can help alleviate that stress. The Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, including UTIs, respiratory infections, sinusitis, skin infections, among others. These are medicines that could be really handy to have if your doctor wanted to prescribe them, but access was not available for whatever reason. Visit jacemedical.com and complete your physician encounter. It will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. It's never been more important to be prepared than today. Go to jacemedical.com and use the offer code Locked On to get to get $20 off your order. I, um, as I mentioned at the top of the last segment, I think D'Lo needs to start. I think the Lakers just need to find the ways to get their best players on the floor. Um, you, you remember people sitting here yelling at me from the last segment, well, what are you talking about? Like, you know, the, why isn't Rui playing? Why isn't Max playing? Why isn't, okay, fair enough. Um, but at least in the backcourt, like, He's too like just with what they got, like they need Russell's skill set on the floor. I think Russell's presence offensively at least 
helps Reeves. It's just a matter of whether or not they can figure out a way to hold up defensively on a consistent enough basis. Saturday in Utah, it kind of didn't. LeBron didn't play, which makes a difference. Monday against the uh, the Thunder, it did. So what, what are you thinking when you see it? Uh, first of all, I wanted to point out something I saw uh, really smart on Twitter from Raj uh, Chipaloo, Silver Screen and Roll, among other places. Tweeted out, quote, the Lakers looked like the big, physical, oppressive, and athletic team that made them successful early in the year. Ruin Vando starting to get comfortable within. That is no coincidence. Getting This part really stood out to me. Getting Austin back with D'Lo, Braun, AD allowed him to refill that connector role. That's a that's a way of thinking about it that I'll be honest, that never crossed my mind before because you know, we've talked a lot you know, this year about how Reeves has been asked to do more. Like mm-hmm. there was that great profile that Miriam, Miriam Fader wrote about him for The Ringer where LeBron told him, you know, we're not looking for the little things from you anymore. We're looking for the big things like the tangible stuff, you know, the counting stats. And they do need more of that from Austin. But at the same time, one of the things that made Austin so great with them last year was even with the numbers that he was putting up, he does a really good job as a connector. And putting D'Lo out there allows you to maybe find that sweet spot a little bit easier where Reeves can do some of the statsier things while mm-hmm. still at times being able to to lay lay back a little bit and then do some of that connecting. I'd never thought about it that way before, but I think that was a really smart observation. Yeah. Like, yes, there are going to be things that you need to paper over, particularly defensively with D'Lo and Reeves. I, I, you know, I made the comparison before. This is what eventually broke up Dame Lillard and CJ McCollum in Portland and respectfully to D'Lo and Reeves, they're not as good as (laughs) Dame and CJ. And their defensive limitations eventually led to be breaking up. Now, granted, D'Lo and Reeves are bigger than those guys, Mm -hmm. so there are certain things that maybe you can scheme around with them that are just not quite literally physically possible with Dame and CJ, but some of it is, I think, too, it's like, and a lot of this goes back to Russell. I mean, you know, it's and this is a little bit with Reeves. By the way, D'Lo had some nice defensive moments. And this is what I'm getting to. Like, because, I mean, I, I think Russell with, with Reeves, what Raj was saying is kind of what I was getting at before. It's like when you, you want um, Austin to be able to play make without necessarily being the focal point of a team's defense. Where they, they, again, this whether it's, you know, high floor pressure or traps or things like that that stress his handle a little bit more than you really want. And the... The decision, like you want to, when things are moving around and he's got the ball and he's got a little bit of space, and bit, like his vision is awesome and he moves the ball and he makes great passes and he gets his own offense. It's when you know, D'Lo handles that ball pressure better because he's a more natural point guard. Um, and, you know, Reeves works hard, he just gets victimized in one on one isolation matchups. By you know, he's generally not going to be the quicker guy in that, and he's still not strong, like gigantic and strong in in other ways. But you know, he's he's gamed to try. D'Lo, he's sort of it's like 
you don't quite know exactly what you're getting here. When he's engaged, he does things like he did on Monday, which is jumping passing lanes, you know, anticipating using his brain basically to anticipate where, you know, the, the trap needs to come and jumping out and doing that kind of stuff and, 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 and minimizing the inefficiencies in what he's doing. And I thought he did a great job at that on Monday to where he's not a lockdown defender, but as part of your team scheme, and maybe that means, you know, a little more zone to protect both of those guys or whatever it might be. It, this at least was a bit of a blueprint in what that could look like. Yeah, I mean, th this though gets back to why you know I had been excited when I briefly thought that Vando was re-entering the starting lineup. Mm -hmm. And it, again, it's not even so much about not wanting Prince to play. I, I expected Prince to get you know solid minutes coming off the bench. But part of my thought process was with D'Lo and Reeves now both in the lineup, assuming they're both hitting shots, a lot of that outside shooting that you would get from Prince is now covered by two guys, mm -hmm. which can lessen at least some of the need from Prince, but then also more specifically with those two there and still the certain amount of covering that you are doing for LeBron, if we're all being honest about this, mm -hmm. you might need to put your best, most versatile and most disruptive perimeter defender in that starting lineup, which is very obviously Jared Vanderbilt. Yeah, and I, I think the... I think I don't disagree with you. I mean, if, if I am not anti Vanderbilt starting, I lobbied for the last year lineup, you know, three weeks ago. <laughs> it's not, you know, <laughs> sure. like everyone else, I've been waiting for them to try it. Um, I still think even if they did that, Vanderbilt is a 20 to 25 minute guy, you know, to the, the reason sure. being, I feel like you're able to use him in the most effective spots all the time. Um, and limit some of the stuff that teams can start to take advantage of. Um, I did think he was going to close. Like the Lakers with the lead felt like, okay, this might be a good night for Vanderbilt to get three or four extra minutes at the end of the game in, in at Prince's expense or shoot, set D'Lo or something like that. I think the logic, though, is that if you're going to create playmaking, you're, it's not just who can shoot the ball. It's where are the defenders? And teams are getting very good. Now, Vanderbilt compensates for this way better than Radish, but teams are getting pretty good at balancing their defense to take advantage of Vanderbilt's semi-zero-ness on that side of the floor though they're getting better at finding ways to use vanderbilt yeah, they as are part they, of the offense the lakers are doing a good job I mean, vanderbilt's played really well and played great 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 on monday um i just i feel like and so like i think like the closing lineup it's not so much the starting if they can get off to a decent start and hit some shots and do that stuff so prince arranges the floor better to take advantage of the idea of creating playmaking and stuff around your two stars. If you're going to do that, then it makes sense to me. Okay, keep. I do wonder how they're going to finish games. Monday felt like a game that maybe Vanderbilt could finish. He didn't. It worked out in the end. Um, but I mean, like, but like, it's like how how much can you use Rui? Like, where can you find? I mean, the some of this is can you get Van? Can you get LeBron to play 32 minutes a game instead of 39? 
because those seven minutes yeah. are going to be split between Rui and Vanderbilt. Yeah, you absolutely. Know, or um, a little bit more Christian Wood or something like that. So that's where some of those extra minutes will come from. Yeah, I, I just want to make sure to point out, like Vando in this game, five points, four rebounds, two assists, three steals. He was, he was fantastic, everywhere. particularly was awesome. in the second half, just creating disruption through steals that you know led to fast break points for the Lakers, drawing offensive fouls, and, you know, to end OKC possessions. He just he was really, really good tonight. I just want to make sure that he got his proper due because he's fantastic. Yeah, and I, I mean, I think AD, or it might have been Darvin, might have been AD talking about um, Vanderbilt kind of getting his sea legs back. Like, it, it is something like, you know, we talked with Christian Wood. We were, what's going on at the beginning of the season? Like, you know what? He might not be in great shape. And, oh, you know, why is he playing better now? He probably is in better shape. Yeah, You know, it's funny. Um, it, he still moves like a like a six ten version of Kyle Anderson, but he looks sometimes. more fluid and comfortable now. But he even looks while not a little fast. more explosive, and like yeah. he gets off the floor, and you know the he, he's not he's not he's very very smooth. And so guys like that, Kyle Anderson, just looks slow. But like certain guys who move really fluidly, sometimes look like they're moving slower than they are. But I mean, he was in mud at the beginning of the season. Well, maybe oh, yeah. a, Vanderbilt. People sort of under, oh, it's been, you know, a month since he came back. Well, yes and no. He's also been hurt for part of that time yeah, and missed training camp. We missed all of it, <laughs> all of it. And then, you know, the first 25 games, it's like they're not in regular shape. Like you and I try to go out and, you know, hey, did work out for a few weeks, but, you know, I've been at the gym for another month. So I'm, I'm, I'm good. Like that's not jumping back in to play NBA basketball. And so you can see the difference in the way that Vanderbilt's moving, the explosiveness, uh, the quickness off the ball, that kind of stuff. And if he is able to fulfill that role, because again, he does, he and Reddish are both negatives offensively, but Vanderbilt is a better negative than, oh, than Reddish. Absolutely. Um, absolutely. If he looks like last year's guy, he's a massive lift for the regular season. If they play him off the floor in the playoffs, who cares? Let's cross that bridge when they get there uh, <laughs> because they're not there yet. Nope. Um, I Let's see what happens Wednesday against Dallas. By the way, that's an early start. Uh, it's a weird game, 5.30. We'll see how that uh, local time, we'll see how that impacts things. But for one night at least, I was pleased with what I saw. Yeah, it's a really fun night. Uh, Locked on Lakers on YouTube is where you can go hang out, see the show, hang out with over 22,000 fans. Leave us uh, questions, comments, stuff that we will use on the show. Uh, thanks for stopping by, celebrating a quality Lakers win. We'll see everybody tomorrow.